You're listening to Two Sides of Phi, a podcast that follows two lifelong friends as they seek financial independence and to retire early. I'm Eric, and I'm joined by my friend Jason, who reached Phi in 2020. And this is our story. So for this episode, I thought one of the unique perspectives that you and I offer, this kind of two sides of Phi, Mm -hmm. is that we can bring more to this conversation than just sort of purely financial topics. And so I thought a kind of a more temporal episode where we talk about things that you're thinking about, things that I'm thinking about right now, I thought that might just give a better perspective on what it's like being on both sides of Phi. So you and I kind of had this back and forth recently. You texted me this um, job posting for this brewery and was it in Oregon? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Hood River. And, and just said, um, this is really tempting to me. And it just suggested to me that there, there maybe is more going on behind the scenes there than, <laughs> than you're letting on. And I'd like to talk about that because we just finished this episode um, talking about your one year in review, your first year in early retirement and what that was like. And you, did, you are still kind of struggling with this idea about getting pulled back to work. And what's that all about? Why, why take a job? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the question of the hour, right? I I think worth stating is that just historically thinking about like my, you know, full-time working years, I am prone to latch on to ideas and get really excited about them. And when you combine that with my very low activation energy required to make a big change, like that's going to happen. And maybe I'm also a little surprised that it's still happening at this point, but Not so much. I, I think the particular circumstance you're talking about is more, in my opinion, although I'm very excited to hear what you're going to, you're going to diagnose me uh, <laughs> as, um, it just feels like one of those like ideal job opportunities. And I'm not looking like in my head thinking like, oh, a 40 hour week plus job sounds great. Cause I'm not. Is I'm that not, what this right? is? Can, just, oh just, yeah. It, describe time job. Okay. Describe what it is. Yeah. So very good friend of mine from college and who I've kept in touch with since is one of the owners of a very successful and fantastic brewery in, uh, in the Northwest U.S. And, you know, we've always talked over the years as he knew about my fire journey and he's somebody who retired early from his, you know, traditional career as well to go into a totally different uh, thing here with starting this brewery. We had always talked about like, oh, it'd be fun to work together or maybe once I pull the trigger on leaving my job, uh, maybe I'll move up with you, uh, your area of the of the country and, you know, do some internships there. And that'll help me decide, you know, do I want to start my own brewery or something in the beer industry? And we didn't end up doing that. You know, if you think back to our episode about uh, where to live, we had nixed Oregon, uh, <laughs> despite there's a lot of things about it we like, yeah. didn't meet a bunch of the criteria that were particularly important to Lori. So we took Hood River off the list and, and other parts of Oregon and just kind of moved on. But, but you didn't brewery, move on. <laughs> yeah, what's that? You didn't really move on. Apparently not in the back of my mind anyhow, but so they had a job open up heading up their lab, right? All the microbiology and and QA, QC that happens in a brewery, something that would fit really well into my background just opened up uh, unexpectedly. You know, I became aware of it, was asked about maybe passing it on to people who could be interested in my network and just started thinking like, 
how is this job not like the perfect fit for me? And like, what a safe time in my life to just do something like that. Like that was my gut reaction, which admittedly is crazy, right? We just bought a house a year ago. <laughs> Our daughter's in a new high school doing well. And we've, you know, basically committed, you know, we're going to stay here for the next, you know, additional three years from now. Uh, what happens beyond that? Who knows? But, and then this comes up and I got all excited about it. And of course I had to text you <laughs> to let you react to me just thinking about wild things. Once again, I, I mean, I think it's as simple as that. Yeah. What, so what did I tell you? What was my advice? <laughs> you told me I should apply. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't know why I told you that. So, so, well, <laughs> so I could, so I could go through it and realize that I didn't really want it. Kind of. I mean, I don't know if that's the true answer that you'll discover, but it's kind of, it just reminded me sometimes you know, when you have that friend that keeps asking you for advice and, and you keep like kind of giving them like an answer is like, well, this is what you've been telling me. Right, so you, right. Jason have been telling me I want time freedom. And then that's in what this year. And then this year it's like, but this, there's this job, you know? And so I'm trying to just say, okay, uh, I, it doesn't sound like time freedom is that important. It sounds like the thing over here is more important. And yeah. so, so maybe it's time to kind of try and really solve what that problem is. And I have some thoughts on wh what I think that is for you, but tell me, is it, it, it can't be financially motivated, right? No, it's not at all financially motivated. And I have yeah. no idea what this type of job would even pay, but it, it, it I, I wouldn't count on it being anything. Yeah. Magnificent, because that's just not what that industry is about. Is it filling uh, the same hole that the working in the winery is? You know, outside of the just the kind of nature abhors a vacuum, right? Fill empty space with something. <laughs> I, I've had this thought repeatedly over recent months that I feel like there's something I want to be making or creating. Yeah. And I've had, you know, this constant thoughts of like there's some other podcast I want to do, like something where I could share information to an audience of, of maybe a few people that I would just enjoy. Or um, writing a book is something you and I have discussed before and that's come back into my mind. And right. I realize I haven't given either of those ideas really the time they're due. In other words, I don't have any ideas good enough that I want to invest the effort. But then maybe something like this, which is more tangible, something I understand, and even though it would be a stretch from, you know, some of the types of things I've done before, in many ways, it's very comfortable. And so to my brain, it's like, hey, there's an empty slot in here. Well, this would fit in there just fine. Like, why don't you consider that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that's kind of the best thing I've come up with. I've kind of cooled on the romance of that idea, by the way, because I recognize oh, just okay. how foolish it is. But <laughs> I, I am interested in what you have been thinking about since I was texting you. Like, what, what do you think is at root of that? Well, I just think it's you, there's something that you're not satisfied with in your current station in life right now. And you're, it's like, I don't know if this is too, um, too personal, but yeah, we'll decide. Like, like last night when we were talking on our, our weekly phone call, Yep. You, I noticed you kind of, you were distracted. You kind of look, you were looking outside. And I, I think that was in part because you were having this homebrew club meeting and you were wanting to make sure no one was going to show up or you were, I don't, maybe your head was just somewhere else. But yeah. to me, it kind of speaks to that larger issue where there are a lot of things that you're satisfied with in your life right now, but there's something missing and, yeah. and you, you are looking to plug that hole. And I think it's, it, it's, a socialization component 
I can think that's part of it, um, that you need to be around other people and, um, other people like infusing you with new ideas and seeing new things and experiencing a lot of new things. And so I think some of that could be filled with travel or, um, you know, having different activities outside of your home outside, you know, that, that you might run a larger circle than what you're running right now. And that naturally I would expect would come with time and just you making larger explorations. Um, but then there is this component of work, this intangible component of work that is satisfying to you. And, and there's a structure to work that you haven't been able to create for yourself in your retired life yet, which is no surprise. I mean, it's so early and you're someone who's putting a lot of demands on yourself, um, to have solved that already. And I think those are unreasonable demands personally. True. Um, and are. also things that you didn't really, I mean, they're of your own making. Like <laughs> It's just yeah. your, your own in, in invention and it doesn't have to be there. Um, <clears throat> what struck me was the, the lengths to which you're willing to go to kind of solve that though, because, um, I mean, you were contemplating if you were to make this true, you'd be essentially leaving California and all the things you've set in place here. Right. And moving to Oregon. Right. That's not insignificant. Right. (laughs) No, it's huge and it's ludicrous, Um, but it speaks to the, to, to, in some ways, I think it speaks to the, the problem set that you're confronting because it's a, it is kind of more of a big deal than I think you're letting on. Yeah. Well, I, I think unreasonable is, hey, family, and I did not say this to them. Hey, family, let's uproot everything. <laughs> yeah. Try to sell this house and move somewhere else to take a job that I might really enjoy for three months. Yeah. And then the rest of the that year, I might start thinking about like, oh, what have I got myself into? Right. Um, yeah. well, I'm glad yeah. to see you kind of came back down to earth on that one, because it seemed like I just thought there has to be other ways of you you know, yeah. solving that problem locally, it, given the number of breweries and things that are in your general area, like, okay, it yeah. may not be the award-winning one with your friend, um, in Oregon, which I know is a place that you want to be, but it, there could be a, an avatar for that pretty close to home where you wouldn't have to pull the rug out from totally. your family. Hey, so let's, let's kind of, um, let's yeah. refocus the conversation a little bit. I mean, that, that's, it's a great topic to think about and it'll be interesting to see how your first your your year two builds on these ideas of like are are those job opportunities going to continue to hold sway over you or are you going to turn your eyes elsewhere let me let me flip this around because this is becoming very diagnostic for me um (laughs) what's kind of the general vibe for you right now that you would say is identifying how you're feeling yeah if i had to sum it up it would be that the the kind of light at the end of the tunnel is really distracting to me right now. So I see the the, light, the phi light, like I see it on the horizon and I'm feeling motivated to cut the, cut the time period <laughs> in half, like running it's, I find it like you, if you're running to Coursera to take a course and consume stuff, I'm like doing the math to like, okay, how can I shorten the distance between here and there? Like what yeah. are, what are four or five things I can do? And so that's, where my head's been at. I, I can't say that it's all that healthy <laughs> right now. Okay. Um, Explain that. So yeah. what, what if it's, what if it's not healthy? Is it just consuming or what is the, what's the downside? I think the big thing is a hyper focus on hyper saving to, okay. to the detriment of almost everything else. And you, 
I know you've trolled some of the forums um, and you're on Reddit enough to know that people talk about this idea of like just being so focused on Phi that you forget to live life yes. in the moment. And, you know, we are definitely dedicating every spare dollar to making the Phi thing happen. And, and I kind of had last week I looked up and I was just like, what, like, what are we doing this for? My kids are going to be out of the house. Like Henning's going to leave next year. You know, yeah. he's going off to school in one year. Like this is the last time that I have with him. And I'm feeling kind of like that, you know, your kid's slipping away from you and you're just like grabbing onto them. <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't know. It's, I, I'm sure, um, and anyone who has kids can relate to this. You, you go through that big cycle of, you know, caring for them so much when they're young. And then as they grow older, they need you less and less. And as they're getting ready to leave the house, you realize you've made this adult who's got their own ideas and, you know, living together is, is, less feasible than it used to be right less fun probably for both parties but it doesn't make you um want to let them go any easier so i don't sure. know there's a lot of emotions kind of tagged up in that and you're you're going to be following in my footsteps shortly here yeah um, just a few years <laughs> yeah so it's it's those things that you know i want to buy a boat right now and take the kids out on the boat like that would be fun but then i yeah. look at that and i go well that's just that's not probably the best use of that money. So how do you hold those two things in the same space? Yeah, without avoiding, yeah, and avoiding cognitive dissonance. Um, <laughs> tricky, right? I mean, I'm, I'm interested in what, I don't know if it's still early enough in this realization that you haven't maybe made any material changes to habit, but I'm wondering what you're thinking you can do differently to, you know, yes, focus on savings and, you know, being, you know, having great oversight on your finances is really important, especially when you have an end in sight that you and your family want to march towards. But of course, the flip side of that is right. You know, if it's distracting you from all the other things you're trying to enjoy and want to enjoy and should, then obviously some change has to happen. Have you made any changes or do you foresee changes that you, you will make? I mean, the, <laughs> the only thing I can speak to is like, we, we used to set up this pre COVID, you know, traveling once a quarter kind of thing. Right. And in the summer, as you'll find out when your daughter starts working, um, kids are less, you know, they, they don't want to do the two trips that happen during the summer. Right. <laughs> like we used to do the one at the beginning of the summer and the end of the summer. And so our oldest, he's like, not interested. <laughs> you know, that was always my way of saying I'm splurging on vacation. Like I, I, yep. I can meet all my savings goals and I feel like they're aggressive and adequate, but I'm going to splurge on vacation on whatever it takes. Right. And so we did that, you know, on two vacations. He accompanied us on one vacation this summer. And the second one we just actually got back from and I treated my nephew in his stead because he didn't want to go. And so I don't, that's not adequate. That's not an adequate answer for how I'm changing it. Um, yeah. But I haven't really shared with Laura that I'm trying to accelerate the savings plan because okay. in a lot of ways, she's, she's like, look, I have my own goals and I'm working toward this and you know, you can do whatever makes you happy. And if you want to accelerate the five date for yourself personally, fine, but it's not going to change what I'm doing. And so yeah. there's a part of me that's just, I don't know, having this conversation is nice because I have, I don't really talk to her about this um, other than in like the very abstract terms. Um, but it's just nice to kind of vocalize it and then just maybe get a head check and say, you, you, what you're doing is enough. It doesn't have to be more. You don't have to 
make it more than what it is. I don't know. Right. Well, I th- and I think the natural question, and maybe this would have been the question to start with, is what do you think is driving you to want to get to that light at the end of the tunnel faster? Has there been some material change in the architecture project you're doing or the sort of rate of inquiries you're getting? And, you know, what is it that's want you driving you to want to accelerate? I mean, the business itself gets so many inquiries. I could be busy for the next 10 years, probably, yeah. you know, and that's not to brag. That's just everyone's busy. You know, yeah, everyone's that's building. Great. That's a fortunate place to be. in. I don't. Yeah, I don't think but, you're bragging. I just get to this point where I don't know if it's that interesting to me anymore. And, you know, so it's like a little bit of boredom. It's a little bit of like, well, I want to find something new. I want to do the next thing. I want to like you, you know, you're, you're kind of searching for something that's going to hold your interest. And I, I don't quite know what that is, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure I know what it's not. And, um, that's important. Yeah. And, and so I guess those knowing that is enough to shape the actions for, for what I'm doing with the business, which is basically saying no to all those inquiries. Like a couple of months back, you and I talked, I was like, Oh, should I take another project? Should I not? And I don't know that I fully made that decision, but it's kind of that, um, when you keep saying the same thing, you kind of have to <laughs> understand that you did make a decision there. And so, I guess I'm slowly coming to realize that, yeah, there probably won't be another project, which is, I don't know, maybe I'm mourning that too. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, that would be reasonable, right? I, I'm just not sure. You know, it's, it's, it's a space of uncertainty for me right now. And maybe that's why I wanted to have this conversation because it's not figured out and that's always been exciting to me. Uh, but right now it's feeling a little kind of paralyzing. <laughs> I, I, you know, I remember with a couple years to go, I, you know, I came to the realization that, you know, despite enjoying what I had been doing the previous five years at my then employer, I did not want to keep doing that. I wanted to get to the end and I wanted to spend that time doing something different. Yeah. And I was very fortunate that I was able to find something different to do for that last year and a half. I was at <laughs> that employer, right? That's a, you know, I was very lucky. That's I when you changed, that. you changed roles, right? I changed roles. Yeah. Um, and so do you, I mean, do you think that's what I should do? Just kind of change roles for myself? my view, which is fairly high level, all right, of the types of things you do that you can do to fill your time with, right, says to me that you have an inherent flexibility in the types of things you could do and still deliver upon your financial goals. And so I love the idea of, you know, transitioning into something different, or at least a a big chunk of your time into something different. Because if nothing else, well, at, at 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 the very first, it should help ease some of this tension that you're feeling and putting on yourself to kind of, you know, modify how you're spending at least some of your time. And the second thing, and this maybe is just me looking for an ideal combination, maybe this can be uh, kind of a bridge to what comes post-fi yeah. for you. Yeah. And so maybe you start like finding ways to skill build or deploy skills that you already have in a different way. And that helps Maybe, you know, that's your not random walk, but path towards something that you will you will do differently um, yeah. once you stop your, you know, kind of how you spend your time for money right now. I don't know. That was it's a fairly vague concept, but but hopefully that makes some sense. Yeah, no, it does. I think it's uh, to be explored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. So something I was thinking about just because we just came back from vacation recently um, was this idea when you reach Phi mm-hmm. and you're you're in that space now, 
how do you distinguish between every time, all the time is on vacation versus like regular time? I mean, Laura and I have been talking about this a little bit. What, how do you do it? I mean, that's a great question. I, I think, and obviously the number of data points I have are still pretty few, right? It only being a little over a year. I think it was obvious when something was vacation, right? It was the family, we were away from our home, and there was no pull okay. for anybody on the other things we do, right? You know, I wasn't going to my one day a week thing, my daughter wasn't going to school, and Lori wasn't doing her tutoring or working her one day a week at the brewery. It just felt like we were together, uh, doing something different, we were in another place, having a good time. Okay. Whereas, you know, with the post-fi kind of lifestyle, yeah, Lori and I could take a day and just go do something all day. And then at the end of the day, right, the, the family's back together. Our daughter got home from school and, you know, we were having dinner or whatever, but we just went and did something else for the day. Um, were our daughter older, right, and we were doing something for a weekend and she was, you know, staying behind, didn't want to come with us. Uh, maybe you're splitting hairs, but it doesn't sound like a vacation. It just sounds like we went and did something for, you know, an overnight or something like that. So I don't know if my definition has changed too much, but I do wonder if my answer to that question will be different four years from now. Yeah. Right. So our daughter is in college. Right. And well, now what do we do? Are we going to go <laughs> live somewhere else for three months? And is that vacation yeah. or is that living somewhere else? That's just, you know, being able to take advantage of the lifestyle we're now fortunate to have. Uh, I don't know. I just how don't do you think about it. I mean, how do you, I mean, now, now the differentiation is probably pretty clear for you still, I would imagine, but yeah, it's definitely very clear right now. And I think the, uh, the thing I always worry about is that slipping into that vacation mode all the time because I'm just want to do it, you know, like, yeah, let's I, talk about that. What, what, what do you mean? <laughs> What's your concern? And then where do you think it comes from? Yeah. So this is like when I was, when the kids were young and we were, you know, vacations were to be savored like every moment, right? You worked yeah. all year for that two years. So we used to go to Cape Cod. I remember we rented this amazing house. We used to take the truck. <laughs> you could drive the truck right out onto the Cape Cod National Seashore, park it right at the beach and just kick your feet up, pop a beer. And I used to just smoke on vacation, like cigarettes. Being, yeah. Being a former uh, you know, smoker all throughout high school and college and my early working years, I would default to, okay, I'm really, I'm going I'm to turn it on, man. I'm going right back to where I was just, you know, living like a college student. And I, like, I don't feel those same urges obviously today, but I can, but I know the difference between being on vacation and being responsible for work and duties and answering phone calls and all the things that's associated with that very rigorous schedule that I've set up for myself. So I, I worry about defaulting into something that, that kind of <laughs> spins a little too far in this direction. It doesn't sound like that's really happened at all for you. Um, but you, but you also seem to be pretty conscious of it. So I feel like it's still there. I'm conscious of it in that I have a picture and I had thought about this picture a lot leading up to, you know, leaving the workplace. So, you know, what do I want life to look like? What does yeah. health look like? Right. You know, what things do I want to do? Right. I want to walk every day. I want to, I want to bike. I want to do a long hike at least once or twice a week. And, you know, I want to live a healthy lifestyle. I want to cook, cook my meals and not, not have these catered lunches at work anymore that are unhealthy or <laughs> uh -huh. be traveling and just whatever they have, that's what we're going to eat. And maybe we're going to drink too much or whatever. Um, so I try to keep that idea in my head of what I want this stage of life to be like. 
I mean, it's not perfect, right? Sometimes we got to exercise a little more because we, you know, had a had a bad lunch and had had a couple beers while we were out riding our bikes. But um, <laughs> I think, generally speaking, it's going okay, particularly given that you know, like everybody else, we have found ourselves in this circumstance for the last year and a half where life hasn't been exactly what it was before, yeah. and we've been inside more. We've been, you know, limited in the people we can interact with, and. Hey, man, wine sales were up big time in the U.S. last year, if you haven't heard those numbers. Uh, I haven't tracked beer and spirits, but Sol I work I'm solely responsible for that. You might be partially <laughs> responsible for it. Um, I think we just try to be cognizant of it. I mean, I don't think we're holding ourselves back. We're, not, we're enjoying ourselves. We're having a good time. You know, We enjoy our time together. We enjoy the things we go out and do. But I think... You're but that's right my point. Think, you're right to think about it. <laughs> that's my point. It's like enjoying yourself oftentimes involves overindulgence and what, whatever it might be. Right. Um, and yeah. so it just feels like that retirement space is more ripe for taking advantage of those excesses, you know, and, yeah. and, and also kind of nudging, <laughs> nudging the trajectory over this way more than this way. And it's, it's always way harder to take the weight off, right. Than it is to put it on. And yes. I, I mean, yeah, I guess to your point, be cognizant of it, pay attention to it, put some bounds around it. And, um, yeah, <laughs> go to the doctor. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I guess above all the thing I have in my head is you work hard to get to this point and, you, and that you're fortunate that you're able to do this. So do you, how long do you want to enjoy that? Yeah. Um, yeah. do you want to be one of those people that, you know, leaves work and doesn't know what to do with themselves and defaults to substance abuse like in a severe way and then have a short lifespan and have a miserable experience what you can do though is actively choose well i want to live like this this is what i what health looks like to me this is how i want to enjoy my time and by the way i would like to i hope i can do it for decades well, okay, yeah. that means that most of the time you've got to make choices that support that. I am the last person <laughs> to hold up my hand and say I'm perfect. Well, I make mistakes all the time, and there's definitely <laughs> excess and overindulgence at times. But you know, keeping that from being the norm and having the norm be something more healthful, that's probably the best thing you can do. Yeah, it's, just, it's one of the reasons why I can't even live in the same state as you probably. <laughs> you think? <laughs> well, I mean, we lived a couple miles apart. Um, I know for for three years, and I like to think that even before we had kids, we weren't. Uh, yeah, we held it together. No, I'm not trying. No, to, I think we held it together. I'm not trying to paint uh, an unreasonable <laughs> picture here, but I, you know, also just something honest. That's all. Well, it's I an love honest you're concern about it, and clearly <laughs> there's a reason you're thinking about it, and that's important to yeah. explore and understand, and and put countermeasures in place to make sure that that doesn't. <laughs> become something you you fall yeah, into yeah. yeah everyone's gonna be thinking we're alcoholics here or i'm an alcoholic here well they already something. worry that i am because apparently my only <laughs> hobbies at least during covid are riding Drinking. my bicycle to breweries and wineries <laughs> uh it's just how it reads to me when i look at the things we end up talking about the things totally. that end up in our footage which is something people should know we do talk about plenty of things that don't end up in the episode they're just so boring we have to cut them out is there anything else you're listening to or reading right now that you're getting inspiration from, either for me, you know, greedy me, or somebody else? Like, what what are you in, uh, taking in? I'm always trying to consume more stuff because, like you, yes, I you I have a daily exercise habit, so I'm always hiking, always listen to 
ton of podcasts. So I have the usual turn of podcasts. I, I just got started getting into Modern Finance, uh, which is Kevin Rose's podcast. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so he's been on the Tim Ferriss show. They're kind of buddies. Um, Modern Finance is really about uh, DeFi and crypto and investing in kind of alternative uh, currencies. Um, and it's More also speculative things. Yeah, speculative stuff, which is, is really interesting to me. And um, he talks a lot about NFTs, which now he's got actually a spinoff podcast from the MoFi podcast. Oh. Um, I can't remember what that one's called. It's like he just started it last week. It's like minted or something like that. Um, and so NFTs are really, really interesting to me. Um, and then what I'm reading, so I've, I've got, I just had a ton of Audible credits that I just had to burn. So I got a bunch of uh, audiobooks. The one that I'm really into right now is, uh, it's called Made to Stick. I don't know if you've read this before. I don't think I know that yeah, one, no. Bright orange cover. It's got a piece of duct tape in the center of it. And it's actually about, um, I think you, you'd like it. I've, um, s- I've definitely seen it. No, yeah. It's, it's about um, stories that stick and why they stick. And it's illustrated with a whole range of really commonplace examples, you know, Southwest Airlines, uh, various businesses and industries that you're familiar with. Um, it just talks about the stories that they're telling and why why they stick. Um, and it's just broken down into a real simple kind of formula. So okay. if you're into writing, if you're into creating content, it, it obviously tickles a lot of those those nerves for me. Um, and then the, the, the book that's on deck is um, What Got You Here uh, Won't Get You There, which is, I think, fitting for my current position. So I'll just have to kind of kind of see. Uh, it's a business book. It's basically, you know, the, the you get to zero to a million dollars in, in net revenues. Um, if you want to get to two million, yeah. you got to do something completely different. Completely which different. I I'm, agree. I'm sure you, there's, that that is a book maybe that won't resonate with you since you, you've been in that space where you've had to scale things from zero to, to one and then from one to a hundred. Um, so maybe it wouldn't resonate with you, but for a solo operator, it's interesting. I suspect it would. It's, it's it's a lesson I'm very familiar with. To your point, I've watched it, been a part of it, a, a couple different companies. Not never of my own personal business, but yeah. Um, I think there's so much validity to that idea. I, I probably would find it interesting. Well, I mean, for certainly that list of things, I'm <laughs> I'm looking forward to your your force ranked list of the or you know the, what I should read because okay. it sounds like things <laughs> that I should get into. And quite honestly, I I realized recently despite being someone who has always read probably two or three to one nonfiction to fiction, okay. which I know is more similar to you, except I think you read almost no fiction. Um, I have found I've been the opposite lately. Oh, I've really? Been, yeah. I've been consuming my nonfiction podcasts still, but sure. like reading, I've got a couple of different, you know, fiction books going on. And oh. I, I don't know if that's just a, a factor of where I am or that I'm spending a bunch of time on education, which by definition is nonfiction right. or what, but, um, that I'm makes consuming sense. a lot of YouTube still, honestly. Um, yeah. You're, you're also know. a big consumer of movies and, uh, I am. So what, like, what's, what have you found recently that you've, that you're really into? Uh, the, probably the last movie I saw that I got super excited about, which is not new anymore. Gosh, it's gotta be a year old now is, uh, Tenet, oh. uh, Christopher Nolan. Uh, okay. it's such a great movie. Really enjoyed it. Watched it twice in three days. Haven't seen Just, it. Just, uh, thought it was super clever. Loved the way it came together. Like the, the underpinnings of it. Uh, I think it probably would have done better if more people weren't super confused by it. But um, okay. yeah, just, I think you mentioned uh, that to me before. I've got to watch it. I did. It. Yeah. If you haven't watched it yet, obviously, it's fine. 
Join us as the conversation continues next time on Two Sides of Fi. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating it at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For show notes, resources, and links to the video version, please check out our website at twosidesoffi.com. Music